0: The John Morris Show, episode 91. 7654321. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother! Hey there, my name's John Morris. I'm a former US Army veteran, turned freelance web developer, and my goal for you at this podcast is twofold. First, I want to help you learn how to code. Second, I want to help you turn that code into a full-time living. Because if you're like me, what you want is the freedom, the satisfaction, and the income that you get from being a high-profile web developer. So if that's you, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube so you never miss an episode. You can find all my past episodes and get subscribed at johnmorrisonline.com slash Morris show. Also, as you get value from the show, consider becoming a supporting listener on Patreon because you'll help keep the show free for everyone and you'll get access to exclusive courses, source code, and Q&A sessions available only to supporting listeners. Visit johnmorrisonline.com slash Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, to become a supporting listener. All right, let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to The John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com, and it is time once again for our weekly Q&A. So if you sent me a question this week via email, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, whatever, be sure to stay tuned for this episode because you may just find your answer. All right, before I get into the questions, I just want to give a big shout out and thank you to everyone supporting the show via Patreon. You are awesome, and you allow me to keep serving our community, and I really appreciate it. And most importantly, I can tell you by the messages that I receive on a daily basis that you are helping change people's lives by allowing me to continue to do this and keep all these episodes free for everyone. And there's a lot of people who are benefiting from it who may otherwise not be able to partake. So thank you. Now, if you're not a supporting listener and you would like to become one and become a part of this community that we're building, then you can learn more about what Patreon is because you may not have heard of it. I know that. And the exclusive perks that you can get as a supporting listener. You can do that at John slash Patreon. All right, let's get into our questions for this week. The first one comes from Patrice on Patreon. And he says, I have to build a, co- a cooking recipe website. What would this kind of site structure look like? One page per recipe, how to classify recipes, any advice? All right, Patrice, thanks for the question and thanks for supporting the show over on Patreon. I really appreciate it. Now, the thing about this is I think you want to take a step back from the site structure and really first think about the data structure. And that's because displaying the information not only in a cooking site like this, really any site, displaying the information is the more trivial part. That's the easier part. Creating, updating, deleting, classifying, all that stuff, those are the parts you really want to f- uh, think through because those are often the more difficult parts to kind of piece together mentally. And if you have those things down, then grabbing the data and displaying it is is actually really pretty simple. So the read part of it, the read and display part is is kind of, it's pretty simple and maybe a bit of an afterthought. So again, you want to get the create, update, delete part down and the rest will kind of come together. Now, with this kind of thing, there's always the question of rolling your own versus using something existing. And this is often the big debate and a source of a lot of the hate mail that I may get because I'm a WordPress guy. I like WordPress and a lot of people think I'm an idiot for that. But this is kind of the constant struggle, rolling your own versus using something existing. Now, in my younger days, I was more of a roll your own type guy. And that kind of thing can be fun at first, especially when you're learning. But as you move into going from being a learner to being a professional who does this for a living, you realize that by constantly rolling your own you're giving yourself a lot of extra work that you really don't need to and truthfully i think it's better for the client for you to use something established i mean think about it you can you have the choice between giving them something that you wrote that really only your eyes have seen and that has probably only been used on their website Versus something that has been used been used by thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And in the case of something like WordPress, millions of websites. So which one do you think is probably going to be a little bit more put through the paces, so to speak? Probably the one that's been used by millions of sites has had thousands, tens of thousands of eyeballs on it, going through the code, finding every little thing that's wrong with it versus the thing that only you have looked at and built. So again, for the client, ultimately, I think it's better for you to use something established. Now, if it were me, I would use WordPress. And inside of WordPress, I'd create something that's called a custom post type. And I would call that custom post type recipe so instead of a post or a page you you could create an actual custom post type called recipe so you'd create a new object within WordPress called recipe and you are able to create custom taxonomies which are ways of classifying things but i would probably just use the built-in category taxonomy that's already there to classify them because i don't know that there's a i mean cate- recipe categories is probably the best way to do that now maybe you could come up with something Further beyond that, a different way of classifying them outside of categories. but And if so, then you could create a custom taxonomy to do that. But I'd probably just create a custom post type called recipe. I'd use the built-in categories to classify them, which you can do with custom post types. And that process, doing that would probably take me all of about 10 minutes to set up. And then the create, read, and update part that I just talked about, which is the most important part, that part would be done because it's all built into WordPress. You don't have to write all that code from scratch. You just have to create the custom post type and it really does the rest for you. Now that saves you a ton of time and it's built on a foundation that is just a lot more stable than probably anything that any of us could create all by ourselves. And then from there, all you need to do is just find a, find or build a theme that your client liked. And chances are you could find and buy a really good theme that your client will love and be over the moon about for maybe 50 bucks at most a hundred bucks. And you know, what are you charging to build the site? I mean, you know, for me, I'd be charging in the thousands. So 50 bucks is nothing. I'll swallow that cost every day of the week. If I'm selling a site that costs a couple thousand. So you could do that, tweak it a little bit and they would have a better site. This is the thing. It's not about tricking them. They'd have a better site than, we could probably build on our own. So that's what I would do. Now, the ego <laughs> won't necessarily like that. But if you're putting the client and not your ego first, well, then that's probably the way to go. Now, that said, I recognize that there could be legitimate reasons for you rolling your own. One of those could be just for you to learn. And, and that's a totally reasonable reason. Okay, that, that makes sense. If that's the case, so be it. So if you really want to go that route, then I have a video where I actually walk you through setting up a data and object model and how to create your database and all the individual tables in that to make this really simple and straightforward. Now, if you go to johnmorrisonline.com slash YouTube, that'll take you to my YouTube channel. And you want to look for a playlist that deals with MySQL and PDO. So I believe it's Beginner's Guide to Prepared Statements, Myos, Goliath, PDO, etc. You may have seen it because I know that you've probably watched a few of the videos over there. But you want to check out that playlist. The very first video in that playlist is all about how to structure your data and object model. And that's going to walk you through setting up the CRUD pieces, create, read, update, delete, all on your own. So if you want to roll your own, I would start there. And... Again, it's going to answer most of the questions that you would probably have with details and a step-by-step process for creating that. So I hope all of that helps you make your decision about how you want to pursue this. All right, up next from Edward on YouTube, I am moderately new. What exactly do you mean by niche? So I talk about niches all the time. And when I got this question, I thought, you know, that's, that's probably a good, that's a good point. I don't know that I've ever gone into a full detailed explanation of what a niche is, yet I talk about it all the time. So let me do that now. So I'm going to take a little time with this because this is something that's I think is the foundation of being successful as a freelancer and really as a developer in general, and I'm not sure that I've ever really talked about this. So let's get into this. A niche is a smaller part of a market. So let's say that you're in the health market, and there's all sorts of sub markets or interests within that broad umbrella of health. So, someone could be most interested in bodybuilding, or they could be most interested in weight loss or longevity, or maybe they're an athlete and interested in that kind of information, or maybe they have a specific issue like diabetes. Each one of those groups of people. Would be after vastly different things. A bodybuilder is not gonna be after the same information as a marathon runner. It's it's totally different. Those yet they would all technically fall under the market of health. So there'd be interests in vastly different things, even though they're technically in the same market. And it's the same with tech. When we talk about web design or web development, that's a very broad brush. There's lots of things that could fall underneath that. Someone could just want a simple static site, right? That could be what they want. Or on the opposite, opposite end of the spectrum, they could want a very complex social network. Those are two very different things with two very different clients, two very different mindsets, needs, wants, et cetera. Or they could be interested in a content management system or just a contact form. Contact form. Or maybe they want their site made responsive. Those are all sub-markets, and there are all sorts of sub-markets under the umbrella of web design. And so instead of trying to attack this broad market of web design that could mean anything, it's better for you to pick one very specific part of that, one very specific niche, and become an expert at it. Because you'll always get paid more, almost always. It's easier to deliver the final product because you'll, if you say I'm a contact form expert, you'll have delivered on contact forms over and over and over and over again. So you get really good at it versus if you say I do web design, one project could be a contact form. One could be a static site. One could be a social network. You're not doing the same thing over and over again. So you don't necessarily get really, really, really good at one thing. And it's easier to get jobs as a specialist in whatever you pick. If you're a client and you see someone who says, and you want a contact form and you see someone who says, I'm web design. Oh, and that includes contact forms. Versus someone who says, I'm a contact form expert. I do contact forms and contact form only. Here's all my portfolio products of different contact forms I've created. Here's all testimonials from clients who I've created contact forms for. You're just naturally... Just by the nature of them looking at that, they're going to say, okay, this dude, this guy, this gal is the contact form person. So that's where you want to be. Now, everybody has a little bit different definition and method for figuring out what niches exist within a market and which one is right for them. But I want to show you mine. And so take it for what it's worth. So I believe that you always want to start with an end result an end product. And that's because clients don't really care about what languages you use and all that. They, they don't know that stuff. They don't care if you use jQuery or raw JavaScript or PHP. They, at the end of the day, they don't really care. What they care about is their end product, their membership site, their contact form, their social network. That's what they want. And so those things are all end products. They're not vague ideas or languages like PHP or jQuery, which really don't mean anything to them. Something like contact form, that means something to them. And even better, it's tangible because they can see it and use it when it's built. So they don't need to understand PHP to, under, to understand and get the value of a really smooth, nice looking, nice functioning contact form. So, that's where you want to start. What end product can you, will you, do you want to deliver on a consistent basis? That's, that's where you want to start. Now, what's nice about this is when, when your mind really opens up to this and your eyes become widened by this, what you see is that you don't need to learn all of these different skills, to become a web developer that gets paid for doing this kind of stuff. All you need to do is learn how to deliver on a very specific end product. And when you can deliver on that specific end product, you can start getting paid to do it. And you don't need to know all this other stuff. So you really limit the amount of skills and languages and information you need to learn in order to be able to start getting paid to do this. When you can deliver an end product, you can start getting paid. And that could be somewhat liberating for a lot of people. Now, once you have that down, then what you want to do next and finally is figure out who it's for. So it's not just the end product, but it's also the end product for a specific group of people. That's what a niche really is. So again, using our example of the health market, let's say you want to teach people how to eat in a way that they're always ketogenic and burning fat. Now, this is kind of a thing right now in the health market, these ketogenic diets, these fat-burning diets, so forth. But let's say that you happen to have a special affinity for bodybuilders. Maybe you are one, whatever. You just have a special affinity for these type of people. You know them better. You've been there because you've done it, etc. Now, your niche would be something. It wouldn't just be ketogenic diets, right? That's the end result, but it would be ketogenic diets for bodybuilders. Now that's going to be different than ketogenic diet for a marathon runner or for regular people or whatever, or you could call it fat burning for bodybuilders. So that's going to be different. And the process of doing that, of using these ketogenic diet, ketogenic diets when you're a bodybuilder might be different for them versus everyone else. Since, a, they have different goals, obviously. And B, you know, a bodybuilder likely works out for hours a day. So that's a consideration that they have to take into account with this kind of diet. So what you teach them might be different than what you teach them for a marathon runner or somebody else. And because, like I said, maybe you were a bodybuilder yourself, or, you know, maybe this is something you're into, you might be able to relate better to them. And maybe you have some unique methods. That works specifically for them and on and on. So it's not just the end result you deliver, it's also who it's for that you can relate to on a different level that can set you apart and make you unique from other people because you deal specifically with those kind of people. So, this is what you want to do in your tech work. So, your niche could be membership sites for new online business owners. Again, a membership site for somebody who's new versus somebody established could be totally different the way you approach that. Contacts forms for high traffic websites. That could be a niche because a really high traffic website may need a contact form built in a very specific way. Or it could be a social network for niche interests, right? So instead of the next Facebook, it it could be the next bodybuilding community or whatever. Right, so there's lots of ways that you could you can attack this, but it's what you're going to deliver and who you're going to deliver it for. Now, what you don't want to do is fall into the trap of saying, well, but my stuff is for everyone. It's sort of like John Lennon said, trying to please everybody is impossible. If you did that, you'd end up in the middle with nobody liking you. You've just got to make the decision about what you think is your best, and do it. So you need to pick an end product and a group of people. Now, one thing about this, when you start getting into the group of people, you can be a little bit strategic about this. So when I was doing a lot more freelance work than I do now, as you know, probably if you've listened to the show, I've, I've kind of moved out of that into really trying to help people like you, but I was building membership sites specifically for people who had been struggling to get their membership site launched and were being held back by these technical issues. And I specifically target everything that I did to that. And the reason I did that is because I knew that those people were usually a little more skeptical at first and a little bit harder to sell at first. But once you got them sold and you built the site and you actually got it completed, they, they really appreciated it more because they had been through so many developers that they had struggled with. So it was easier to get people who really loved you, who would stay hiring you time and time again, and who would tell everybody they knew about you. So I knew on the back end it worked better for me. It's harder to get them to hire you, but on the back end they were much more loyal. That was a strategic move by me. So you can be strategic in that sense. All right. So that's quite a bit for one day. We'll wrap it up there. If you have a question you'd like answered, be sure to send it to John at JohnMorrisOnline.com. You can submit it on YouTube, JohnMorrisOnline.com slash YouTube, on Twitter, at JPMorris, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash JohnMorrisOnline. Or if you want priority access to make sure that I answer your question, you could do that as a supporting listener over on Patreon at JohnMorrisOnline.com slash patreon now if you like this episode be sure to like it so they know that you like this kind of information if you know somebody who'd benefit from the answers that i gave here i'd appreciate if you'd share it with them and if you haven't yet be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode all right everybody thanks for giving me some of your time thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time